Good afternoon. I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Our guest today is Nicholas Straussfeld, who's also a Regents Professor in Neuroscience, and he's Director of the University's Center for Insect Science. Thank you for joining us, Nick. Glad to be here. I've known you for many years as the premier insect neuroanatomist in the world. You have a superb reputation for unraveling the elaborate circuitry in tiny insect brains, um, the circuitry that drives behavior, and now you're doing something quite different. You're, you're working on early evolution of arthropod brains. Tell us what questions are driving this recent work. The, the driver really is arthropods are the most populous species on this planet. It's more than just insects. Uh, and the question arises, where did insects come from? Where did their ancestors come from? The ancestors have been crustaceans. Uh, where did they first arise in the evolutionary history? Uh, and how have all these brains that equip these creatures, how, how have they evolved? As I was writing a book anyway about the evolution of the arthropod brain, um, I took time off and went up to the Smithsonian in Washington. I spent three days there going through one preparation after the other, and I found what looked like a brain, a fossilized brain in one of the preparations. But soft tissues, I thought, yeah, did not fossilize. Yeah, soft tissues don't well. fossilize. And of course, having exclaimed, gosh, there's a brain here, the reaction was, oh, come on, don't be so daft. But the outline was exactly what one would expect from a squashed, dehydrated brain. Three years later, I had the opportunity in China with a colleague of mine um, looking through lots of specimens to find was obviously a, a brain, um, a flattened brain. And uh, we got very excited about this and we published a paper in Nature. And many people thought it was an artifact and many people thought, well, you can't possibly expect brains to fossilize. But you did some experiments yeah, we did. on your own. We did, we did. So we took arthropods, insects and worms, and I, I buried them in, in, in a sludge of very, very fine clay mixed with seawater uh, put them in the cold room, and then subjected them to very gentle pressure over weeks and weeks. Uh, and then after a while, we just let them dry out very, very slowly. So we had a piece of rock, basically. And then I took a hammer and hit it, and lo and behold, there was a, a specimen um, with a flattened brain. And the brain had not, had not decayed. It was fine. It was just paper thin. You could actually identify the peripheral nerves and all the outlines of the brain, and it was just as we expected it to look. So what are you finding that now that you believe and have others believing that you are able to uh, inspect brains in the fossil record? Tell us what you're finding about brain structure that's so exciting. Well, the first brain we found was a brain that looked very like the outline of a brain of, of a crustacean. The second brain looked very much like the outline of a brain of an arachnid, actually of a, of a, of a limulus. And the third brain looked very much like the brain of, an, of, a, of a velvet worm, an onychophoran. And the fourth brain looked like the brain of a centipede. <laughs> so we have four major types of brains identified from the lower Cambrian, which is about 518 million years ago, that look very much like modern brains. And it suggests that these brains evolved very early and have maintained a basic ground pattern over half a billion years. So the major divergences of brain structure occurred a very, very long time ago indeed, and they've been so stable, they've been maintained until today. 
And what we see is that the four major types of brains amongst arthropods have a circuit that we know is involved in decision-making. And these circuits look different in a crustacean than an insect, than a velvet worm, than a spider. So when do these differences originate? Because if these centers actually uh, are centers that are involved in behavioral choice, the question is, have they diverged in response to the kinds of differences of ecology that requires different behavioral choices, or have these brains in some way contributed to the actual diversification of arthropods, that is to say the Cambrian explosion? We don't know whether the chicken came before the egg, and uh, it's a very, very fascinating question, and I'm not quite sure how we're going to actually um, explore this further, but that is the major question. Did brain architectures contribute to this extraordinary diversification of animal types. Listen to this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.